Welcome to the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast, a podcast aimed to educate teens on cryptocurrency and financial literacy. Each episode features thought leaders in the crypto and blockchain industry or inspiring entrepreneurs from the business world who share their career journeys and words of wisdom for teenagers. I'm Abigail Lee, the host of this podcast series, the founder of CryptocurrencyTeens.com and a junior in high school from New York City. Hi, Sam. Welcome to this podcast. Um, it's so great to have you on. Yeah, Abigail. Thank you so much for letting me on. I really love what you're trying to accomplish with this. So, Sam, I see that you were the professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, and CEO at Seal Reserve. Can you tell us more about your university, company, and your roles there? Of course. So, UCLA um, is the number one public-ranked institution in the world, I'm pretty sure. And uh, my role there is to design and teach courses on the newest technologies, right? So I teach cloud computing, business intelligence, you know, financial forecasting, um, all different types of uh, programming languages. And even next quarter, I'll be teaching like three weeks on DeFi, um, crypto, smart contracts, Oracle networks. So it's really exciting to bring uh, sort of the newest technologies into academia, um, because so often those are left out and, uh, the same curriculum is just taught to students for 30 years and so forth. Um, the, the other two pieces of what I do at UCLA, um, are one leading applied projects. So I lead like teams of grad students, uh, to answer business problems for, uh, companies. Um, and then the other one is founding the Quant Lab, which is algorithmic uh, forecasts on currencies, um, which can be found at quantlab.ucla.edu. Um, as for Zeal, you know, I'm the head of quantitative analytics there, um, designed the uh, algorithm we use to uh, trade cryptocurrencies. Um, and I guess a little more background on Zeal. It's a total cloud, cloud-based cryptocurrency hedge fund. Uh, so it goes long and short on large market cap cryptos, uh, market cap over a billion. Um, and yeah, we started that about a year ago and launched four months ago. So. Yeah, so um, as professor, you come up with courses. So how do you... Um, keep course material updated when it comes to um, fields like blockchain and crypto, especially because like the landscape changes so quickly. Of course. Yeah, I'm sure you know, uh, crypto changes every week. You know what I mean? You could be studying all the time and, and uh, uh, constantly be exposed to new material. Um, really what I do is I bring in ideas from the applied projects. So what companies are demanding, um, what they need more workers to be able to do. And then I mix that into the course material. Um, you know, what softwares are becoming the most popular, most demanded by employers, uh, mix that into the course material to, you know, make the students more competitive when they're looking for jobs. Um, with crypto and DeFi, it's, you know, it's relatively new to be able to teach that in a university setting. Um, there's one crypto finance course, my friend Ben Sai is teaching. Um, other than that, I'm not 
super aware of a lot of schools that even offer that. So we'll be starting with, you know, the basics and some just very applicable skills, like how to write smart contracts, how to code up smart contracts that, um, you know, will look great on a resume and help, help companies um, become more efficient in the future. Yeah. And so you talked about um, some projects that you've been working on. Do you want to share um, a few details about anything recent you've been doing? Yeah. So the last, uh, the last project we just finished up was with this company called Sum Zero. They are the largest place for uh, buy side research for investment banks and, um, you know, other financial institutions. And the idea there is uh, you can post your research. And if you post your research, it'll be opened up to the universe of all the other people who post research. So it's trying to make uh, financial research sort of a more open source um, uh, arena for everyone involved. So they came to us and they said, hey, people purchase our data. You know, a lot of hedge funds or quant shops purchase our data and we don't know what they do with it. We know it's valuable, but we don't know what they do with it. So they came to us, the master of quantitative economics, and they said, we'll give you the data we sell to these companies, but uh, we'd like you to try, you know, machine learning models or big data analysis on it to uh, create portfolios or investment strategies um, that we'll use in marketing materials. And so then you know, I built a technical interview, we built out three teams, and they all had very different approaches from, you know, sentiment analysis to, um, you know, just taking all the data, putting it into machine learning models, and then having those machine learning models um, all feed into another machine learning model, right? It's called ensemble modeling. And, um, and they were very impressed. The returns were outstanding. You know, they had... Um, uh, forecasting outside of the model. So they, they trained the model, they built it, they said, this is our strategy, and then exposed it to the years 2019, 2020, 2021, and uh, saw how it performed. And um, they all did fantastic. So um, yeah, they were very proud of that one. We'll probably do that again annually. See. Right. I saw that you focus on machine learning and just modeling so how have you like applied this to crypto or like blockchain or any of these fields mm -hmm. so that's what our hedge fund does it applies machine learning um to crypto so crypto is amazing because um there's so much data right you have on-chain data so every transaction can be seen that's not true for anything else in the world right stock market i don't have the order flows. I don't know. Um, I don't know every transaction that occurs. I don't know every transaction that occurs with Visa. Um, but with Bitcoin or any other crypto or most other cryptos, there's so much information. Somebody just sent me a ratio of um, holders who have held crypto for less than one week over um, crypto holders who have held it for one to two years. And it's a ratio that is, you know, forecasted the tops and bottoms of crypto markets since its inception. Um, and so it's it, the amount of big data that can be drawn from crypto can be drawn from blockchain um, really lends itself to machine learning models because mach machine learning is very data hungry. So the more data you give it, 
um, the more complex of a model you can build and, um, you know, the, the more cases it can, it can tune to and actually uh, know what to happen. So um, we use big data, we use technical analysis, fundamental analysis, sentiment analysis um, inside of machine learning models to forecast um, different cryptocurrencies prices uh, in the short term. So that's been the biggest implication of uh, machine learning in crypto. Um, have there been any like specific applications of like machine learning and crypto, like specific uses? Um, yeah, so uh, there's a few projects. Uh, I haven't looked into them too detailed, but there's a few projects that are trying to integrate AI services and, um, and cryptocurrencies and blockchain. So you know, one of them is even, uh, they're trying to do uh, decentralized ride sharing, you know, decentralized ride sharing and uh, bringing in autonomy um, into that as well. You'd have uh, neural networks and computer vision um, working hand in hand with crypto where, um, uh, you know, you'd have a synergy in between the two. So that's just one use case. Um, as as we progress, I think you'll see a lot of fields sort of adopting these two together. Um, like there's one company, uh, there's a few few crypto companies that are trying to do it. They're trying to do decentralized uh, power sharing. So you're seeing a lot of houses starting to have a lot of solar panels, solar roofs, and generating a lot of uh, energy and electricity, even more than they would need for their home. So a lot of people are theorizing the future will look less like the current energy grid, and it'll look like each individual house producing, uh, producing their energy and then selling any surplus energy to their neighbors next door or the neighboring town um, if they don't have solar panels or maybe they, you know, raise their energy consumption. Um, so in that case, the the sharing in between um, these houses can be optimized uh, using machine learning. Um, one of the applied projects we're working on right now um, in a talk I'm giving in person in February is about uh, machine learning just for small optimizations because a lot of these big companies, they're, they're in their old ways. And if you were to bring in um, a machine learning optimization model, you could shave basis points or maybe full percentages um, off of their costs, um, which to large companies could be millions of dollars, to uh, cryptocurrency protocols could be, once again, millions of dollars or um, hundreds of Bitcoin. So. Yeah, what do you see in the future of crypto in terms of implementation? Do you think that it'll play a really big role in the future? Yeah, so if you name an industry, I'm sure I could come up with a use case or somebody I know could come up with a use case of how blockchain could make it more efficient, you know? And that's what people are starting to accept. Um, a lot of people I talk to who are from traditional finance who don't like Bitcoin or don't like cryptocurrencies because they see them as highly uh, speculative assets, they still understand the value of blockchain and an immutable 
you know, decentralized transaction system um, and a store of records. So I think we'll start to see it uh, implemented more and more as people realize uh, it can make almost any business more efficient. Uh, my friend Eddie, he owns an exchange and he told me uh, know, probably about a year ago, he said, anything you do, anything you do, people don't need to know you're doing it, but put it on the blockchain. So because it can just run in the background. It's just a better way to run things. So like the quant lab at UCLA, we put that on a cryptographic database um, because it it adds so much more to our, um, our forecasts on the website, right? We put out forecasts. If it's on a cryptographic database, then um, we have proof that what we said, when we said it, really happened and it's verifiable immutable proof of that so um, yeah, yeah i think well it would be implemented everywhere if there are so many uses for crypto implementation what do you think is preventing it from being implemented right now you really just have uh archaic systems you have uh, what are called like legacy systems inside of businesses so one of my friends works at the largest investment bank, you know, in the world, and they're still housing their data on Excel. You know, they're housing it on Excel files and they have somebody go in and update these Excel files and send them off to people. That's a grossly inefficient way to do things, even by 2010 standards, even by 2007 standards, you know. So he's working to build out a database for them that can automate uh, some of these processes. And then, you know, even beyond that, they will eventually build out a blockchain uh, based database um, to share things probably across their, their whole network around the world. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So since, since our audience um, mostly consists of like teens, why do you think teens should learn about crypto and blockchain or even like machine learning, for example? Uh -huh. Well, it's the future, right? It's the future. So you can learn about it now um, and start to develop these skills and knowledge, um, you know, before you're an adult and then uh, be able to be open to more opportunities. You know, you might meet somebody who's in the space, um, who is hiring or, you know, looking for, looking for an intern. And if you're well aware of these topics, then uh, in, in crypto, then, um, you know, you'll be primed and ready to go. Uh, so that's why you should learn about it. You just need to start learning and keep learning um, and really just have a love of learning. And eventually, you know, it'll pay off. It'll be rewarded. Um, like when I was an undergrad, I was, just very interested in crypto. I never thought it would lead to a hedge fund or me teaching at UCLA or speaking on a podcast about it. Um, but all of those things came from me studying this years ago, just out of my own interest. And then on a side note, if I may say, or to answer the second part of why people should learn about machine learning, um, automation is coming at a rapid, rapid pace, right? With uh, AI, machine learning, taking more and more jobs. So the skill sets that are going to be needed um, are going to be in building these systems to sort of 
replace um, how we've formally worked in the past. So uh, uh, one example you could take is, you know, they used to do accounting before Excel, they used to do it by hand. And they would have, I think it was the most popular job in America. They had like a million accountants who would just calculate by hand, you know, um, we need to add this row or this column to this column. And somebody would sit there with a the calculator, do it by hand until they invented the, you know, the digital spreadsheet. Um, people who had the skill of crunching numbers on a calculator by hand were no longer needed. And what was needed was people who could use the newest technology, um, who could write, um, you know, queries inside of the newest technology. So that's the big case for learning machine learning. Um, yeah. So what was your career journey like to kind of get into the crypto or blockchain industry? I mean, why did you decide to get into it? Yeah, so I was already working at UCLA teaching a lot of the synergies um, I use in our hedge fund, right? Cloud computing, um, algorithmic trading, right? database management. Then in 2020, I was doing systematic options trading um, and had a very good year, something around like a thousand percent return, which is you know unheard of in equities. Um, I've also been trading cryptos for the last two to three years. Uh, before that, um, I decided I want to start a business. I happened to be at my best friend of you know 15 years house. Uh, he's a serial serial entrepreneur. He's done marketing for you know countless number of companies. And uh, he said, you should start a crypto hedge fund. Oh, that's something I've always wanted to do, but it, it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds almost too difficult to accomplish. Um, but with a little bit of push, we you know, fully committed and uh, decided to start a crypto hedge fund, um, largely because we knew a lot of people who wanted to get into the space. They wanted crypto exposure. They just didn't know how to do it. And they were uh, very scared of the 80% drawdowns of um, Bitcoin and 90, 99% drawdowns of other coins. Um, so we wanted to make a product that could, you know, make people more confident um, investing in crypto. And uh, that's, you know, that's how it came about. Now, you know, I'm on the phone with crypto people all day, every day, and uh, it seems like there's always a new opportunity I have to um, try to not get distracted by um, or pursue if it's, if it's uh, something I, I really believe in. And I'm, I'm helping some of our advisors with other crypto-based companies they're starting. So, yeah. What do you do as the CEO of your hedge fund? Yeah. A lot of investor meetings, a lot of meeting with people and uh, telling them about how our strategy works, how our algorithm works and um, sort of our, you know, our roadmap, our game plan. Um, CEO is sort of a public figure as well. So I go on podcasts like this. I speak at um, other conferences. I go to events and meet people and network and um, sort of tell them what we're trying to accomplish in the space, you know, our long-term goals, our short-term goals, how they can be a part of them, um, sort of the, the job of a CEO. Um, and then, you know, really my passion is mathematics. Um, it's like why I love crypto so much. It's 
very uh, pure, um, pure science. And um, so I'm chief quant as well. So my time is split, I would say, in between fundraising and networking and you know, building relationships of our fund and building the public appearance. Um, also with you know, deploying and testing algorithms and uh, seeing how we can make it better and working with, you know, some of our quants and data scientists and, and so forth. So it's a, it's a combination of, of those two roles. Um, what advice would you give to teens who are thinking about entering this industry in the future as a career? Yeah. Like I said before, you just got to start learning. Um, just and start learning about something you're interested in. You know, there's so many, there's 10,000 coins plus, um, let's say maybe 5% of those have some depth to them. So there's, there's coins about everything, about video games, right? About um, the environment. There's, there's coins for every single interest. So I would say pick something you're interested in. Um, one thing I'm really interested in is decentralized cloud computing. I think it's something uh, that's going to come up. But once again, tons of video games, tons of arts and entertainment. Uh, we're working on an NFT music festival right now. So uh, this is the new world. This is how businesses will be created. So pick a topic um, you're passionate about. Start learning about projects. Um, in that space, start learning about how blockchain revolutionizes that industry, uh, start becoming an expert in something you love and you're really interested in because you're going to be able to talk about it um, a ton. And then from there, reach out, talk to other people. People love uh, sort of mentoring and, um, you know, helping, helping the next generation. Um, and then eventually, looking to do some internships, um, either unpaid or paid in cryptocurrency, right? That's how Vitalik, the founder of Ethereum, got started. He was just interning, getting paid in Bitcoin, which was worth like 10 cents a coin back then. And, you know, now he's a billionaire. So um, that's what I would say. Pick a topic you really care about. Learn how blockchain is revolutionizing it. Find companies that are at the forefront of that. And then eventually look for an internship with those companies. Um, yeah. yeah. How did you learn about blockchain and crypto? Um, I know you're interested in like the math and science aspects of it, but what would you recommend um, people who like teenagers who aren't so into all of that stuff? YouTube. <laughs> Lots of YouTube. Uh, there's not a book you'll find that's up to date enough because by the time it gets published, it's going to be gone. Um, and then YouTube is a launch pad into, you know, white papers, websites. Uh, there's also a lot of, you know, Discord, uh, Discord servers, Telegram chats, uh, which can, can link you to other places. Um, so that's what I would recommend. Just start digging in whatever project. Do you recommend that like high school juniors and seniors who are like deciding which colleges to apply to, um, for these people, do you think that they should consider going to college and learning about crypto and, or blockchain? Yeah, so it's interesting because uh, schools are very slow, right, to adopt. And especially undergraduate programs, you know, the same Econ 101 courses uh, will be taught um, for a while. Um, college, if you're going to go. 
the key is to get involved in groups and clubs um, that are actually applying uh, what you want to do. You know, you're not going to learn anything about entrepreneurship or you know, cryptocurrencies or blockchain in your coursework. But if you join a venture capital fund or you join the cryptocurrency or sorry, a, a venture capital club or a cryptocurrency club or, you know, things like that, you'll get surrounded by uh, a network of others that will, you know, um, that you'll learn more from, um, especially about this space. So that'd be my recommendation. Yeah. And do you have any other advice for teens regarding crypto or blockchain industries in general, like any safety advice or really any words of wisdom that you love to share? Yeah. I mean, this almost any crypto uh, podcast or video or anything should probably begin with a disclaimer about all the different scams and risks out there in crypto. I would say, um, Begin with a very small amount of money. Um, get used to losing money, right? Investing in crypto, and um, be just be very hesitant at scams. I don't I don't know if there's a good rule of thumb, but I hear of different ones every day. Um, I'll even I'll share a scam. Hopefully, it'll you know help some people stay away from a similar one. Uh, this guy calls me the other day. He says, "Hey, a a big YouTuber just DM me on Twitter because I commented on his post, and he DM'd me and he said, invest in this coin.' And he said, I put twenty six hundred in it yesterday, and it's up to one hundred ninety thousand today. And he goes, all I have to do is pay two Ethereum in gas fees, send over to Ethereum." And I get the money. Should I do it? And I said, absolutely do not. What turned out is that's a fake YouTuber's account, right? It's a fake YouTuber's account. So anybody asking you to send them money to get more money, don't do that, right? Um, anything that like promises returns, don't do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's the Wild West. There's, there's no regulation. There's a lot of scams. Um, maybe stick to the large caps, stick to, um, you know, verified exchanges to start, I would say. Yeah, well, since crypto is decentralized, um, do you think that regulation would be a good thing? Um, it kind of takes away from some of the original, you know, thesis of Bitcoin. Um, I think regulation would be good in the cases of, uh, you know, what we're talking about here with scams. Um, scams also always find a way, <laughs> you know, there was a big ICO boom where people were raising tons of money in 2017 and then doing nothing, taking everyone's money and then kind of not building the project, the roadmap just falls off. And so the US heavily regulated ICOs. And what happened is, they found a way around, you know, IDOs, IEOs are completely unregulated. And, um, you know, so scams find a way, does regulation really um, limit these? Probably, I, I think what regulation helps is, um, you know, sort of um, more traditional investors will, 
be comfortable if there's a statement about you know, regulated Bitcoin, if the SEC makes a statement, if the government makes a statement, then uh, it'll make more traditional investors uh, feel comfortable to put their money in there. So. Yeah. And did you have any advice on just like financial services in general, just like education um, wise for teenagers? Yeah, I'd say personal finance is more important than investing um, at, at a young age, right? So understanding credit scores and, and, you know, good debt over bad debt and, and all of these things are, are more important than investing at a very young age, because you're not going to have a ton to invest to begin with. So it's not really worth the time. Um, but if you're looking to, get into it as a career into finance, then um, studying it in school, starting small um, and, and growing from there um, is, is kind of the key. If you're not looking to be into investing for a living um, or as a passion or a hobby, then, then maybe divert your attention to something that, that is, uh, you know, um, you're truly passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. I know programming is another passion of yours. So do you have any just like general advice about like programming teens on? Yeah. So fitting in with this podcast of educating teens, um, me and my friend are attempting to start a nonprofit now to get uh, coding uh, exposure into high schools. So into public high schools, you know, underprivileged high schools, um, because coding wasn't exposed to me in high school. And if it was, I'd maybe be a lot further than I am now even. Uh, so yeah, I would just say pick projects you're trying to accomplish. That is the best way to learn coding, um, or programming. Um, if you go, I, I want to learn how to code my own cryptocurrency, you know, pick that project and attempt to learn it that way. Um, you know, courses or these websites or these walkthroughs, they're great for giving like a, a base level knowledge. Um, but the only way to really learn is to conquer like real problems um, and, you know, fail and go through them and, and keep moving. Say, you know, you want to build and set down a, a project. I want to forecast the price of Bitcoin with a neural network. I, anybody listening to this can build that in a week's time um, with Python. I don't know. I could give them resources or, or whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I would say that. Good places to start for fundamental knowledge. You have W3 schools. Once again, on YouTube, there's coding camps for, you know, probably 100 years of video content. Um, yeah, the key is just start, start working, do it every day for a while, um, and then pick projects. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the programming nonprofit currently in the works? Like have, has, is it accessible to the public yet? Yes, yeah, so we are talking with schools right now to try to do a, 
um, a launch or a, uh, you know, a introductory tester, uh, a pilot in January. Um, and then from there, we'd be able to expand. Uh, it, it vertically integrates with my position at UCLA very well, too, because I have 130 grad students who would all love uh, to work as teaching in a you know, programming nonprofit. So um, I think we'll be able to scale pretty rapidly. Um, but yeah, we, we're just launching a pilot in January, but it's something I'm very happy about and it, it uh, aligns with what you're doing um, perfectly. Yeah, when it launches, you could just like send me the information. I'll put it in the resources section of yeah. our website as well. That'd be great. Yeah, so since we are almost out of time on this episode, do you have any other final thoughts or advice that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I just wanted to applaud you, Abigail, because you're asking about what teens should be doing and, and you're doing it, you know, you, you're doing something that you're passionate about. Um, it's really amazing. So yeah, with my last statement, I just, I want to applaud you for what you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for coming on here and sharing your time and all of your experience and advice. It's, it's been really educational. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. Yep, thanks for being on. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Cryptocurrency Teens podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and visit the cryptocurrencyteens.com website to find extra resources and info. See you soon. Disclaimer, the views, information, or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of cryptocurrency teams and its staff. Second disclaimer is that this is not financial advice. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as financial advice. In general, the advice offered by our guests should be general advice about the cryptocurrency industry or the blockchain industry and not specific investment advice.